Right, welcome to the latest Twins Insider Podcast. I am Michael Rand, thrilled to be joined today, remote as usual, uh, by Lavelle E. Neal III. He's been covering the Twins for over 20 years. Am I reading that right, Lavelle? Yeah, it's 23, I believe now. Oh, man. A, a season like no other uh, this year. You, you've had a lot of seasons like no other, including contraction and um, the down years and everything like that. But this is... A year, I would imagine, for you uh, that uh, that takes uh, takes the cake in terms of strangeness. Absolutely, um, I, I remember yeah, my first year as a baseball writer was 1995 uh, in Kansas City, and actually, I got I got named to the beat in September of '94, which was during the players. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, I my career started with turmoil. So hopefully, it doesn't. <laughs> Doesn't mean that this is the end <laughs> for me, but uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of things um, since then. But this this year uh, tops them all. You know, and it's funny because people keep asking me, "Well, if uh, someone breaks a record or the world's should it be an asterisk because because uh, because of this year?" And I was like, "I was like, this entire world is an asterisk in 2020." You know, <laughs> and, and when when you start looking at listing. Uh, history like 30 40 years from now it's going to say 2018 2019 asterisk 2021 it's just going to be yeah every regard is going to be everything's going to be a big asterisk so um uh, you just you uh you long for the days where you didn't have to worry about uh uh injustice or virus management but uh, it was slowly slowly hopefully heading in the right direction here. Well, you know, talking about, you know, a small sense of normalcy, the twins are going to attempt a little bit of that tonight, tonight being Wednesday with kind of, I guess, what could politely be termed a dress rehearsal almost uh, as opposed to Mm -hmm. the kind of, you know, inter-squad games that they've been doing where there's, you know, more, you know, it's just kind of, but practice really they're, they're they're getting guys a bunch of at bats and whatnot this night tonight kind of feels almost like a regular game but just them yeah it's gonna be cool i mean it's just like a normal work day for us uh, uh press gates open at three thirty, like a uh, regular season and first pitch is at seven ten. you know and they're gonna have they're gonna have all the um the furniture that comes along with uh presenting present the game the day game operation staff it's going to be a full throttle with pre-game, pre-game introductions and the scoreboard's going to be firing up everything. The one interesting, interesting thing, uh, Mike, is that um, they're going to uh, – the league is making standardized crowd noise to distribute to all the <laughs> – and so they're going to try that out today. Okay. And it's interesting concept because just from watching, like, uh, soccer in Europe and the Korean Baseball League, mm-hmm. I had different, you know, views of that. Yeah. Uh, piped in noise mm-hmm. the soccer ones a couple of soccer teams have been really interesting because it's almost like they have a um um i can't uh, one of those uh soundtracks where you hit buttons you have a button board you know because there's been a couple of times where like a shot was close to the net uh close to the goal and just missed and all of a sudden yeah. you hear the crowd the canned noise go oh <laughs> right i've noticed that too you know, yeah someone is like at the control booth mm-hmm. you know hitting different buttons to get different reactions to pipe through on the speaker. So I'm curious to see how 
that's going to work with uh, in baseball. But they had to do something, Mike. You have to have some background noise because if you don't, you're going to hear everything. Um, when the White Sox and the Orioles played in, in an empty stadium a few years ago because of riots, right? Um, the players said they could hear the announcers in the press box talking about them, you know. And my thing, too, is that how many times during the game, you know, uh, a borderline pitch is thrown and someone in the dugout's probably going, that was a bleeping strike. Right. So <laughs> right. If, 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 if there's no background noise to kind of drown that out, the umpire's going to hear all that crap. And yeah. plus, teams may eavesdrop on other teams in terms of strategy or, you know, coaching, you know, going on. So I think it's something that needs to, need, needed to happen. You'll be able to very clearly hear the Astros banging on trash cans. I would, I would definitely think that that would be uh, abundantly clear this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> they would not be able to get away with that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a great point because I, I, you know, in watching, especially the soccer that I've watched the last few weeks, uh, the EPL, mm-hmm. I, I have I, – people have different viewpoints on it, but I've kind of found the crowd noise to be soothing. It kind of distracts me from – the weirdness, but I think the baseball, you know, in stadium is one thing you, you can't really, there's only so much you can do. The TV experience is so much of what they're banking on. And I think baseball is going to be a weird one just because, you know, I think, you know, watching soccer and watching football, even, even basketball and hockey, the, you know, the camera angle, the camera very, very much stays on the, you know, the kind of rectangle, right. It stays on the field of play for football, soccer. You don't see the, the ball traveling, you know, weird places with the puck traveling that many weird places in hockey that the camera follows. But baseball, like every single foul ball, every home run, even every fly ball, there's going to be kind of a reminder of this being an empty stadium. And that's going to be kind of weird to me. Yeah, I think it is too. It's something we're going to get used to. They, you know, they may decide not to follow the foul ball. If, it, if it's a clearly a foul sure. bat, they may not follow it. But the ones that are borderline right down the foul, the foul lines, they may have to that as well. I've noticed a couple stadiums I saw in Cincinnati. Um, they're selling uh, advertising to cover up like sections of stands. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering uh, um, if the Twins will, will do that with some sections as well. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. So yeah, there's there's a lot of lot of little things that uh, that we're used to as baseball viewers that we're not not going to have. Um, I and my thing, I'm curious. I'm wondering. This is just a hypothesis. Okay, yeah. I mean, any uh, facts to back this up, but I'm wondering if games will be faster because since there's no fans in the stands, players don't have anyone to play up for or to, or to, or just to show off or to pump up or to respond to, you know, during games. Yeah. And they don't have to uh, take their sweet time, you know, walk into the Bears box so they can listen to the crowd roar or, or build up enthusiasm. So I'm wondering if that will help speed of game a little bit. Who do you think, I mean, maybe not even type talking about specific players, but what type of player, maybe especially on the Twins, do you see having an easier time adjusting to this kind of environment versus what kind of player do you think might struggle or, or have a harder time adjusting to a crowdless environment and, you know, getting themselves up, you know, competitively in an empty stadium? My guess would be <clears throat> young pitchers on the road. Um, you know, not we're having to worry about the enormity of the moment or the atmosphere coming down on their shoulders. 
they can just focus on the catcher's glove and <laughs> focus on executing pitches. Like, you know, guys like Cody Stashak and Zach Littell, you know, who, you know, have, have, have been effective at times, even in hostile environments, but there's no hostile environment. So um, I, I think they could, they could benefit from being in this antiseptic atmosphere sure. that they step into and, uh, and perform better. And maybe some hitters actually, you know, may feel more comfortable too. Um, if you're, if you're pulling in uh, into uh, um, like Chicago playing the Cubs or, or St. Louis, two towns, they have great fan bases that are noisy. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't have to worry about that aspect. You can just get the tunnel vision going on and, and focus on the pitch. That's a good point. Right. I think it probably will feel less strange in, you know, game four versus we're still getting used to it, but you know, when you get into a true pressure situation or a postseason environment where that becomes heightened, I would imagine that's when it's going to become even stranger to players like this. This is supposed to feel different. The I'm just I'm really curious to see how how the adrenaline works. You know, is it is it enough to just be competing at the highest level against the best players, or will they struggle to get to a hundred percent of of where they would have been? You know, in in a normal atmosphere. Yeah, that's you know, it's fascinating. Actually, it's worth asking Rockle the Twins about that. Um, um, getting fired up by the atmospheres probably get some guys going, you know, yeah. that won't be there. Um, yeah, what will they do for motivation? Um, what what do their routines to get fired up for games change because they know they're not going to step out and field and feel that atmosphere. Yeah. Um, really interesting. One interesting part of, of returning to play here. And, you know, this whole thing has been, I think for players has been one big mental challenge. I think there's been mm-hmm. a mental health component to uh, returning to the field, um, dealing with the protocols, wondering about if you're doing the right things to protect yourself, your family, and your teammates you know, from the virus. I, I think there's been a mental health challenge for some guys. And I think there's the reason why, you know, so many guys from Nick Markakis to Buster Posey to David yep. Price have opted out from playing, you know? Yep. Um, so now you add that other, that other layer to it as far as, you know, now the games they hear, um, you know, what's going to get me fired up to perform? Um, do I have to look for other ways? Um, what's it called? Extrinsic, extrinsic motivation. You're going to look yeah. for other you know? Well, one thing that unfortunately has created a little sense of normalcy for the twins is uh, Byron Buxton injury scare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to spend, I don't want to spend too much time on that because Chip and I talked about that a lot yesterday on the podcast, but What's what's your takeaway from that? How, if you had to, you know, they say in day to day that can mean that we know that those can stretch. Though, what what do you think of the severity of this? And, and where, if you had to kind of guess at a timeline, what would it be? Well, I had time yesterday, kind of digging in this because I it for midfoot springs don't happen a lot in Major League Baseball. Sure. Uh, that was one, you know, and like I said, this is year twenty year three for me, and I was like midfoot sprain. I was like, what was that? You know. I was wondering if the twins were making up uh, another injury term, like bilateral. Li- li- <laughs> so uh, I, I looked into it and, you know, a mild midfoot sprain it may take a couple weeks to recover from. Okay. And two, there's been longer cases. Like I looked up in NFL, Evan Ingram injured his, he had a midfoot sprain and week nine and didn't play for the rest of the year. Sure. Um, 
And um, Melvin Bagley Jr., the Duke kid who plays with Sacramento, actually suffered the same injury playing against the Wolves uh, on December 26th. And I think he only played five out of the next like 20-something games before the shutdown. Sure. Um, so there's, defi- there's definitely, defi- uh, definitely different grades of that injury. What Twins fans should be encouraged about is that um, they did not immobilize, didn't have to immobilize the foot. He didn't have to wear like a walking cast or a boot or anything. He was able to walk on his own power yesterday with just a, a wrap around, around the foot. So that indicates that that is indeed uh, they may have dodged a bullet there. And it comes down to how soon Buxton can run like he normally does and feel comfortable doing it, you know? So um, I, I tend to think that opening day is doubtful. Yeah. I mean, a week from today is the Cubs exhibition game. Less, yeah. It's down to a week. You know, I, I just realized I have to go to the grocery store and stock up on food for my brother. I was like, man, I can get back in the, in the swing of things here. It's, it all this kicks off in about a week here. Yeah, it's crazy. You're right. The I, week, I, it is, it's a week from today. You probably are. Yeah. Are you going down or is Phil going down? I can't you, I'm you going down. I'm driving down to, I'm driving down Tuesday or over to driving over Tuesday, but yes, I can't see him being on the opening day lineup. Yeah. Um, that's a, that'd probably be a stretch. I mean, and that's, it does underscore, you know, that any, even any small injury this year is going to take up a, a proportionate amount of a season, like a, a two week trip to the injured list is kind of equivalent to 40 games missed in a regular season, just because of how short the year is. So, and, you know, and again, we've, we've talked about this. I talked about this with Phil and chip this week, but you know, that the roster depth is such that they can sustain this, but Buxton's a different kind of player. He's, he's, he makes them different on offense and defense. They do. He, they do. Um, it's over 600 winning percentage when he was in the lineup last year. I think it was like 571 when he was out. So there was a difference um, when his when his skills are not on the field. And, you know, unfortunately, they've, they've, they've had practice playing without Byron. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, so they'll probably slide Keppel over the center. And that opens up, you know, someone like J.K. or Lamont Wade or, or whoever to play right field. Um, it's not the optimum – defensive alignment i think kepler is capable in center but he's no buxton right i think it's good in right but you know i don't think cave or wade are as good as kepler and you lose the offensive component too so you're weak you're kind of damaging two positions yeah um, with the injury and maybe rocco decides to leave kepler and right and just piecemeal it with wade and cave in center so we'll what we will see but um they're gonna have to move on and um try to get off to a good start without Byron. Let's end this with uh, any other kind of uh, depth observations or positional stuff. I mean, it's such a fast restart. I mean, I imagine they you're kind of going with what you know at this point. And luckily they, they kind of know a lot about what they have uh, coming off a 101 win season, but any, anything that, has been a surprise in the, in the restart or anything that anybody pushing for, for more of a visible role as the season goes on? Um, well, the, the, the interesting thing would be the bullpen usage and like the uh, Sergio Romo will be around for an entire year. You have a KG veteran in Tyler Clippard who um, who's going to be part of that mix. Um, how do you, how do you set the bullpen up behind Taylor Rogers? Um, you know, you've got, Tyler Duffy and Trevor May around. Um, Lewis Thorpe is, has been fair, fairly solid in some of these workouts. 
Uh, Latell's been good. They're actually stretching out Latell so they can have some flexibility with him going multiple innings, which I think is a smart move. Um, Domac's been hit a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I don't like his uh, his chances of uh, being part of the rotation or the bullpen. I keep hearing from other players, um, Romo in particular, was high on Matt Wisler, who mm. we don't know anything about because <laughs> they plucked him off of waivers, I believe, from the from the Mariners. And we didn't get a chance to do our Matt Wisler story in spring training part one uh, when <laughs> before the shutdown occurred. So uh, apparently Wizards look pretty good, and he's trying to, you know, carve out a niche here. So the, the bullpen setup is going to be interesting to me because last year, um, Wes Johnson, instead of having guys, you're the sixth-inning guy, you're the seventh-inning guy, you're mm-hmm. the main guy, you're the closer, he told the guys, be ready to pitch in any situation. And that usually doesn't happen in major league bullpens, but this group bought into that and were able to uh, be fairly successful. Can they do it for a second season now with, with veterans like Romo and, and Clippert around as well. So I, I think I think the one thing I've just noticed that uh, you know the bullpen could be um, you know behind Rogers there could be some more options there for uh, for Rocco to get things done. Interesting. Hard to believe, man. The season starts next week. I'm still trying to wrap my head around, you know, basically all of sports resuming almost at the same time or, you know, starting at the same time at the end of July, you know, going from, you know, nothing to, to everything all at once. It's going to be a, a strange, uh, strange transition. And even the games themselves are going to be strange, but uh, it's coming. It feels like it's coming. It's, it's almost here. I was getting ready to say, we're going to go from zero to like a hundred here pretty quick because we're going to be in like August. And you're going to have basketball and hockey finishing up, baseball starting, and the NFL is going to be gearing up as well. You're going to have have a sports smorgasbord here after having a sports uh, abyss. (laughs) That's that's it. That is. Baseball is a big part uh, of it. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, it'll be great to be able to work again. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. Well, appreciate it, man. We'll we'll touch base down the road. And, uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Anytime. All right, take care.